Hey, this is Brent Jensen, and you're listening to No Sleep Till Sudbury, the show where we talk about the music that makes your skin vibrate. The show is brought to you by Pariah Pickups, handcrafting otherworldly guitar pickups down in Detroit, Rock City. Check them out at pariahpickups.com. To support the No Sleep Till Sudbury show on Patreon, visit patreon.com slash Music. All right, this week I welcome Evan Denley to the show. Evan is a Canadian folk rock singer-songwriter who's been described as Bob Dylan meeting Dallas Green at a Neil Young show. Here he is. Evan Denley, welcome to the show, man. How are you doing? Oh, doing well, thanks. Thanks so much for having me. Oh, it's my pleasure. So, Evan, on September 24, you released Coming Undone. And that was your second double release of 2021. The song Coming Undone was written in response to an intersection of two things for you. So you left your former band. It was called The Young Collective, I believe. You were the front man of that band. And the other thing was the threat of the oncoming pandemic. Those two things happened at the same time for you. And that, that was the result of Coming Undone, wasn't it? Yeah, it was kind of just all of those things coming together, you know? A lot of change happening in one time and... You know, leaving the band and, and the, well, the band breaking up really was so unexpected because we had been on this like huge run of shows leading up to the pandemic and we'd been doing really well. You know, I think we sold out the last couple of shows we played and we were kind of on a roll, but everything changed. Music changed. Shows weren't being played anymore. And I mean, that was, that's still to this day. That's like the, the thing I love to do more than anything else. So it's like losing that was just such a huge shift. And then losing the band and just losing everything that, you know, I'd been working on for the last five years or whatever. It was just kind of like, on one hand, it, it was really exciting because it was kind of like, okay, well, what's next? But it was kind of hard to stay in that mindset because I more so was just like, holy crap, like what happened? Now, during that period, and I guess up until now, what are some of the things that you did? Did you play virtual gigs at all? I tried. I tried. I really did my best. And I did a couple of like Instagram live things and, and like Instagram open mics for, for places around Toronto. But I, I don't know. It just it, it never felt right to me. It never felt like something I actually wanted to do. And I, it's something like and it's it's no disrespect to anybody else either. But it's like I, I didn't want to watch anybody else's Instagram live either. There was no <laughs> there was no connection there for me. You know, there, there was no reason. I don't know. It just didn't do it for me. Yeah, I know what you mean. I've been on both sides of that. I did um, some speaking gigs before COVID and I tried to do it virtually and it was really odd. Like it was just such a weird thing, you know, not doing it in front of the audience. But also I found on the, as the audience on the other side of the coin, I saw bands more on the internet than I did, you know, before COVID. It was like, there was just this massive flood of, you know, online show, online show, online show. And uh, it got to be a lot. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I think it's like just because it was easier to do it and easier to have some kind of audience or at least like think you have some kind of audience. You didn't have to talk to a booking manager. You didn't have to load up the van and drive to the venue. You know, you didn't actually have to go play a gig. You could just sit in your living room and do it. So it, it was just a lot more accessible, probably. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. It was. Yeah. Now, have you been uh, have you been getting out there? What's the what's the landscape like for you? Yeah, it's funny. Well, sort of halfway through the first couple of lockdowns, I, I don't even remember what lockdown we're in now. <laughs> if we are locked down, I, I don't even know where we're at right now. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I uh, started, I went back to school um, ah. and I got my, my audio production and engineering at Metalworks. So that was kind of, that's been my last year. So 
I kind of put music on hold to some extent. We we still like we recorded these songs, obviously that uh, that I'm releasing right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, we recorded those over the last year, but really kind of put everything on hold and took a step back to just kind of evaluate what I'm doing, what I want to do, how do I do the things that I want to do, and and that's really been what I've been up to lately. You know, I, I've been thinking about playing shows. I haven't really been getting out there at all because I'm still I don't know. I'm scheming. You know. Yeah. No, you know what, though? That's a great use of your time. Everybody had a different way that they kind of coped with with COVID. I, I love hearing, you know, people say, well, you know, I, I just kind of I shut everything down and I really kind of schemed and thought, what are my next steps and how can I build something from this and, and make the most of the time? So that's really cool. I've never done it before. I've never really taken that time. It's always kind of been like run and gun, you know, chasing the exciting things and, and never really taking the time to to think about, you know, the long term or the short term or anything, just kind of doing things as they pop up without any real intention. So it, it's been sort of a blessing to have this time to, to sit back and actually think about it. Good. See, silver lining stuff. That's great. That's it. Optimism. Awesome. Now, uh, I like your stuff, Evan. I, I was listening to this, and uh, you know, for me, your style is is more contemporary. I, I almost hear like a little Jason Mraz in the in the production. It's very bright in, in, oh. in, in the arrangement. Yeah, like it. You know, I, I hear Dallas Green in there. Um, yeah, I hear some Father John Misty in there, but mm-hmm. uh, you know, mostly I hear a very distinct contemporary indie vibe. It's good cool. stuff. Cool. Uh, yeah. I appreciate that. Wow, that's cool. Yeah. I've never got Jason Mraz before. That's a new one. I hear that. You know, just just because it's very it's a, it's a bright sounding. You know, coming on down, it's kind of funny because the lyrics don't reflect it necessarily, of course. Yeah. <laughs> but it's a uh, it's a very bright production. The instrumentation is not dark. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. It's funny because if there were any way to describe most of my my songs and my writing in general you probably just hit the nail on the head it's like there's there's always kind of a dissonance between what i like musically and and what i'm actually saying mm. uh with with my lyrics and stuff because they they don't always line up you know it's funny i i always tell my friends that, that happened a lot in the 70s you know and i always use the carpenters as an example i don't know if you know anything about them but the melodies were very kind of bright and flouncy and then they were talking about you know broken hearts and killing themselves and stuff like that it's just very yeah. you know what i mean so there was a yeah. huge there was a huge contrast there well I mean, it kind of makes sense i mean that for for me like i i love always love the 60s always love the 70s and in, in sort of the folk rock uh, respect like that's where I've I've always been drawn to and if you kind of separate the things that I write about from that it makes complete sense because my writing is all kind of coming from myself and and I guess more contemporary issues that are happening in my life but then you look at the music I'm writing and a lot of that's rooted in those decades I totally get that yeah and that's actually a really good segue into your song list here because uh, this is a great list man I like this Oh yeah. You know, there's there's no 70s tunes in here, but you can hear, you know, the pedigree, especially with your first one here, Lucas Nelson and the Promise of the Real. Entirely different stars. The song is money. I was thinking about it, it, it encompasses so many genres, right? Because it starts out it almost it sounds country, almost like a, a little bluegrassy. And um there's folk in it, there's a, a heavy rock solo, there's you know, a bit of psychedelia. It's great. It's it's everything that I want in a song. It's everything I want in a song. I yeah. love this song. Like, and they open the. This is like the first track on uh, on their album Naked Garden, mm-hmm. and it's like, h- how else are you supposed to open an album if not like this? 
Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's wild. I remember like the first few times I listened to this song, I, I was in the car driving and I'm like kind of trying to search through the album thinking I just listened to like four different songs because mm-hmm. it's such a ride. I'm like, okay, what, what did I listen to here? It's like, no, I remember hearing the first couple minutes of this it's country and then the next one. And then I let it finally play all the way through and I'm just sitting there like mind blown. Like, what am I listening to right now? Yeah, it, it's it's wild in that way because it, it does move through a lot of genres. And I was thinking, you know, when I was I was thinking about it, record companies could have never marketed a song like this years ago. No, you can't. You can't put a label on it. You can't really decide what it is. And I love that. I think that's fantastic. Yeah. Oh, yeah. me too. And these guys, like like Lucas Nelson, Promise of the Real, that the band is incredible. They record most of their stuff live off the floor, and that is like always so appealing to me. Like I'm always looking for musicianship. I'm I'm drawn to it. You know. Mm-hmm. So what are some of the old 70s bands that you would like then based on that? Well, more so more so in the 60s, I guess. And a little bit. I mean, when I, I guess when I'm thinking of the 70s, I'm just thinking of like the later years of Zeppelin, really. Mm. Uh, but yeah, and I love like first wave heavy metal. That stuff always hits home for me. Yeah. Um, but the big ones for me from the 60s are really like Bob Dylan, Neil Young. Like those two guys right there are, are responsible for so much of what I do and, mm. and just what I spend time listening to, what I spend time thinking about their ideas musically and lyrically and, and philosophically, you know, I'm, I'm just so wrapped up in, in all of the stuff that those two guys have done. Mm, cool. Uh, your next tune is Boy Genius, Salt in the Wound. Great song. Big song. This is a fantastic song. And it's funny, Boy Genius, I, I think this is like three women and a dude, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And I, I kind of, I got onto them because I was a fan, sort of a fan. You know, I, I knew a couple songs of Phoebe Bridgers and, and she's one of the vocalists in the group. And, and so I was, I wanted to hear this stuff, this trio they've done. Yeah, this song, like, it's, it's just amazing. Like, for the last, like, if, even if I just had to pick 30 seconds of the song, the last 30 seconds give me goosebumps every single time I listen to it. Yeah huge build up the swell and i'm pretty sure it's phoebe who's like belting that huge note just over top of everything and it's it's sort of similar to the first song where i'm just kind of like sitting there mind blown just like so wrapped up in what's happening i agree with you and that that swell starts in the second verse because the first verse i don't know who sings that one but it's almost like a like a cat power if you if you know cat power um i don't that's her stage name. I don't remember her real name, but it's not quite Alana Del Rey, but it's that kind of, it's more, uh, yeah, okay. more morose. Right. And yeah, then, a little uh, bit delicate. yeah. And then Bridgers comes in in that second verse and it's like, Whoa, what a contrast, you know? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Fantastic tune. It's a great tune. It's funny because a lot of the songs on this list, I guess, aside from the Lucas Nelson one and, and the one we'll talk about next, they aren't songs that are in my regular rotation. But I, when you told me, it's like, okay, five songs that make your skin vibrate. Mm-hmm. These are like these are the ones that I thought about. And it's like, I don't listen to them all the time, but they have that, like, I, I have that physiological response to all of these songs. Yeah. Isn't that the best? Oh, my God. I love Amazing. it. I, it's indescribable, man. I love it. Uh, John Mayer, Gravity, live in Los Angeles at the Nokia 2007. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I'm shamelessly uh like a, the biggest john mayer fan ever yeah 
he was like, he was so huge for me. I, I, when I was learning guitar, you know, back in high school and stuff, he was like, he was the only guy I would play pretty, pretty much him and Dallas Green. Those were the only two guys I would play. Their songs always made sense to me. I could sing John Mayer songs. They were in my vocal range and it was comfortable and like just taught me everything I needed to know about songwriting and, and just writing, writing good music. He's a phenomenal musician. He's a guy contemporarily who, who really gets it. You know, he feels it. And especially in this, this specific version of the song, you know, like, obviously I've, I've heard the, the one on continuum, uh, gravity, the studio version millions of times, but the way he does it in, in this show, honestly, this whole record too, this whole live record at, at Nokia theater is, is unbelievable. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite live records of all time. Yeah. It's fantastic. Uh, Hosier is next foreigners. God also fantastic song. I'm a huge Hosier guy. I love Hosier. Yeah. He, in my mind, is is like, he's a true musician, he's a poet, he just does everything so well, it leaves me, like, just kind of sitting there, like, not in, like, a jealous, well, in a bit of a jealous way, but I'm just kind of <laughs> like, like, damn, like, what, why can't I do that? Oh, he's, he's terrific. And he's just yeah. got, he's got those Irish roots, too, you know? Oh, yeah. Did you know that he sang backups for Billy Ocean about 10 years ago? I think that was no. Yeah. yeah. I had no idea. That's such a bizarre thing, right? Because when did when did that when did his first single come out around 2000 I want to say 13. What was the name? What was the name of that? It was uh Take Me to Church. That's it. That's it. Yeah. And Same so, album as as Foreigner's God. Yeah, he used to sing it right before he broke. He sang backups for Billy Ocean, which is just such a weird thing, right? So funny. Yeah, yeah, I had no idea. And it felt like Ozier kind of came out of nowhere when he did, too. It was just kind of like, boom, here it is. He truly did. He did come out of nowhere. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing voice. And this is a great tune, too. Yeah. It's it's the lyrics for me, too. It, it, it's all of it, but but it's always the lyrics. You know, nobody writes songs like he does. They're, they're dark, and they make you think, and they make you feel. And, I mean, if you're not looking for that out of music, I don't know what you're looking for. Yeah. I, I agree, man. I agree. Uh, this is a fantastic pick next. Father John Misty, Please Don't Die. I'm a big fan of this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny again, cause I'm, I'm, I wouldn't call myself a huge father John Misty fan, but I do have like a handful of songs. This was one of the first ones I thought of when I saw like the premise of the show, because it's probably the only song I know that I have the same response to it. Every time I hear it, I, I don't listen to it often because it just makes me weep. Like mm. I cry every time I hear this song. Yeah. Every single time. Have have you uh, have you seen the video for this song? No, I haven't. It's funny. It's like a it's a Greek mythology theme. So it's it's about Father John, and it follows the lyrics. It's about him like going on a bender, and and he's kind of you know he's trying to swear it off, and he's struggling with getting boozed up all the time, and so uh, he dies in the video. He gets you know he goes into the underworld, and he's ferried across the river Styx to Hades, and but it's all done in claymation. Like it's really, <laughs> it's oh really wow, funny. yeah. Yeah, I have to watch that. It's really cool. You'll you'll like it. I love it. It's funny. Incredible. Yeah. yeah, something about it, man. It just it just really connects with with me and some stuff that I've been through in my life, and and I think that's why I have the reaction to it that I do. But it's just so beautifully written too, and it's such a simple simple idea. It's a simple song, and those are always the ones that hit me the hardest. I think you know, there, mm-hmm. there's music where. Like, I, I'm a huge Grateful Dead fan. I love jam bands. I should have mentioned them earlier, too. I, I love jam bands. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and they've always been my favorite one. 
I can sit there and listen through, you know, they have all these live tracks that are out there. They're 20 minutes long, 30 minutes long. I can listen to those so happily because I'm just kind of confused. I'm like, how is this happening? What's going on here? There's so much happening. But when you break it down and, and simplify everything, like in this Father John Missy song, you don't even have to think about it. You don't get a choice. It just hits you right there every time. Yeah. That's what this one does for me. Talking about simplicity, you reminded me of, because I love that too, Needle and the Damage Done, Neil Young. Oh, yeah. You know, it's so simple. And two minutes long, it gets done though, right? Like you just, you, your skin vibrates. It does. I've been thinking about that a lot lately too. Like what what serves a song and what does a song need to be good? And like who who draws that line and how do we make that distinction? Because like, well, with Coming Undone too, like, like song latest release we were recording it and there's like i had a, a bunch of demos of it that were you know four minutes long five minutes long this song could have been so much longer than it oh, is really but it ended up being i think it's like two minutes 45 seconds or something no not even it's like 225 or something yeah, yeah. it's the shortest song i've ever written yeah which is which is great though evan sometimes that's actually more effective because it's quick hit stuff right you go in you exactly. do your thing you get out that was the point. We, well, I produced them with uh, with my buddy Graham, mm-hmm. and we were having this conversation because I'm like, well, I don't know. I've got these other verses for it. We could do, I don't know, more guitar stuff and, and keep it rolling. He's like, well, do you want to do a four-minute song that sounds okay, or do you want to do two minutes and 20 seconds of, like, smack you in the face? And yes. I'm like, oh, yeah, that, that sounds way better. Yeah. Let's do that. I'm all about that. So it's cool. That's, and that's really it's my, it's my attitude writing songs and stuff now. And I don't know, it, it cuts out a lot of the thinking that I do because I love to think. I love to like sit there and analyze and edit. And I'm, I can be bad for that because I'm a perfectionist. Yeah. But when I kind of apply that mentality to anything I'm working on, it's kind of like, does it need it? Does it serve the song? Do we need this to be four minutes long? Probably not. Probably more often than not, you don't. I agree. It can be more powerful if it's quick and to the point. As long as it's authentic. That's, that's the key, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right. That is your list. What is next for Evan Denley, sir? Uh, that's the question, isn't it? It is. <laughs> I, I ask myself that it's one. It's the oh. eternal question. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, these days it's really, uh, I've I, I really dove into songwriting and, and I'm just exploring that whole world. And, and for the first time, like not just writing for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, working with other artists, writing songs that might never get heard. I'm just trying to like stack up everything that I can, just get all my ideas out there and, and do it so often and just make it a regular routine for myself to sort of just purge my mind of whatever's built up in there musically and, and all the thoughts that I have and just write. I'm just trying to write. I, I want to get back to playing music. I want to have a band. I want to do all those things. Mm-hmm. But right now, the thing that's right in front of my face is, is really just cr- kind of creating and seeing where it goes. Good. That's great, man. And when yeah. you do when you do get back out there, I'm going to come see you play. Oh, please do. That would be fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Hopefully soon. It, it is something that, that I, I want to get back to doing soon. So It'll happen. It'll happen. It's happening already. Yeah. Well, listen, thanks for the chat, man. I really appreciate it. Thanks for taking the time. Folks, yeah, anytime. the new record is called Coming Undone. Evan Denley came out September 24. Go get it. Evan, thanks for your time, man. I appreciate it. Anytime. All right. Best of luck, sir. I'll be in touch. Sounds great. All right. You take good care. All right. See you later. All right. Ciao. All right. This has been No Sleep Till Sudbury with my very special guest, Mr. Evan Denley. 
Until next time, folks, take good care. Brent Jensen is the best-selling author of No Sleep Till Subbury, Leftover People, and All My Favorite People Are Broken. All titles available in stores and on Amazon Worldwide. 